Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. And I'm Jen. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so that cheers might have sounded a little different than past weeks. It did, but you know what, Mark? You didn't drink. Oh, okay, drink. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, drink, drink, drink. Why, okay. did, why did our cheers sound different this week, Mark? Because we are uh, cheersing with champagne flues. Are they flues? I guess I, I should know it, that I now. call it a flute. A flute. flute? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what a flue is. Okay, champagne but... flutes. I think the flue is on the fireplace. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, anyway, champagne right. flutes. <laughs> yes, we are drinking out of champagne flutes. Because we are talking about champagne We today. are talking about champagne, not just champagne. Oh, sparkling wines. We are talking yes. about sparkling wines, all, thing bu- all things bubbles. That's it. And there's yes. an important distinction, and we will talk about that. We are going to talk about that. New Year's. We're going into the New Year's weekend. We are weekend. coming into the New Year's weekend. And, you know, there's nothing better to ring in the New Year's than some bubbly. Yes. And, you know, some of you will drink actual champagne, but some of you will be drinking sparkling wines from other regions. Even, you know, if you're in the United States, you'll probably be drinking some, I don't know, just by regular old sparkling wine. You may be drinking some... I don't know, maybe some Prosecco prosecco, or some Cava. Lots of different things you could be drinking with those delicious bubbles in them. Well, what, but, what is champagne? So, so that is a very good question. The, what, well, let's talk. Yeah, because if we know what champagne is, then we know what sparkling wine is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So let's get there. So first of all, champagne, in order to be champagne, actually has to come from the Champagne region of France. So... Um, they're pretty territorial about it. They're very serious about it. And they get pretty upset if you try to call something champagne when it's not actually from the Champagne region. Well, and there was actually two treaties yes. that, uh, that established the, this northeastern France section. Oh, give, as, us a little, give us a little history lesson, Mark. Well, I don't know how much history there is. I okay. know that there was a... <laughs> Treaty of Madrid oh, that okay. happened in 1891, okay. and that was kind of the initial treaty where they all got together and, and agreed that it's only champagne if it comes from this region. Now, that would get, was mostly European, um, and then there was later the Treaty of Versailles, Versailles, I Versailles. Speak. Versailles. Versailles. Oh. I got it right the first time, yeah. okay. Versailles, um, which reaffirmed that. Oh, interesting. And that was actually a bigger group of people got involved in that. And eventually, in 2006... Oh, not that long ago. ...is when America finally signed off on that treaty. Wow. That is why, if you were producing champagne in the United States prior to 2006, you are still technically grandfathered in and able to still call it champagne. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah, so wow. that's why there's some, I think Corbel is one that calls labels themselves as champagne. And I used to think they were just, and there are some that do this that just kind of pirate the term and yeah. ignore the treaty because there's really no enforcement yeah. to it. <laughs> um, it's more of a respect kind of a thing as it should be. Yeah. Um, but there, again, there are some that got grandfathered in. So it can be a little confusing, but I i mean, if we're being honest and real and respecting the treaty, it has to be from that area. Right. And so some of the champagne houses that are in that area are Veuve and Tattinger or Tatanger, if you're Ooh. in that region. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the big ones that you've heard of. And so what actually goes into a, a champagne or a sparkling wine um, there are usually three grapes that you find. It's Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Pinot 
Meunier. And I did not know that. Champagne's actually a blend. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That was new information for me. And um, I actually just found out that Pinot Meunier is um, related to Pinot Noir as well. Oh. Um, yeah. And they can range from uh, brute, which is dry, to mildly sweet, which is called demi-sec, to a very sweet, very sweet, um, bubbly. And yeah, and I saw that, and I'd always wondered what is brute, extra brute, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's really just how much sugar is in it, so how sweet it is. Right. How, how sweet it is. Oh, I knew it. it. I knew you were going to start singing. I knew it. I could see it. You actually. were singing with me, though, I was like, you know what? I actually was going to start singing, but then I saw on your face that you were going to start singing, so then I was like, oh, I'm just going to put it on him. I'm going to let him be the singer. You let me torture everybody and yeah. scare them off. Um, so, you know, I mentioned before there are different regions that have their different bubbles. Um, in North America, we tend to be a more fruit-forward, sparkling wine. Um, in Spain, they have their cava. In Italy, they have their prosecco. And actually, what we're drinking right now, Mark, is yes. prosecco. It is prosecco. And okay. I'm not usually a prosecco fan, but I will say because it it's too sweet for me. Um, well, that is why they say it's good for mimosas, bellinis, yeah, all that good stuff. Um, but this prosecco is actually not quite as sweet, uh, so I. You like it, so I know it's probably not quite sweet enough for you. Well, but. <laughs> but we're now out of champagne and we're now into sparkling wine. Right. So if it's not from that champagne region, it's a sparkling wine. And I did not know kind of the difference until we were doing this of Prosecco and, and Cava. And then what? There's others? Prosecco, there's Cava. I mean, there's just sparkling wine. There's sure. Sect, um, I think, S E K T, and that's a German version. Oh. Um, it's actually. Uh, Kind of, it's supposed to be pretty close, a little less alcoholic than champagne. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this falls into this category, but there's something called Lambrusco, which is a sparkling red. Oh, yeah, I hadn't heard of that. Oh, it is. It's an Italian wine. It is absolutely delicious. Um, you serve it chilled, just as you would serve any bubbly, and it is one of my favorites. It's not super sweet, but there's a slight sweetness to it. It is to die for. Okay, so if you like your reds and you like it sparkling, there you yeah. go. We have French sparkling wine, which mm -hmm. is sparkling wine that's not, not in that champagne it. region. Yep. Uh, and then American version, which what I basically hear is it's it's uh, a different recipe. It's kind of as America does. They march to their own beat and do their own yeah. thing. And, and there you go. So those are the ones I found anyway. Yep, me too. But there's some history yep. to champagne because, I mean... It, you know, it, the bubbles don't just magically appear, Jen. They don't? No. So well, I guess they kind of do, but it was originally an accident or believed to be an accident and considered a flaw in the wine um, because, you know, wine is... Which Some of the best it, things, uh, you know, develop out of mistakes. That is true. Viagra. Oh. <laughs> was it really, <laughs> no, really a Rogaine, mistake? Yes. Uh, uh, concrete Rogaine. was a mistake too. Oh, concrete. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it was. So, no, several different things. Yeah. Rogaine, I think, uh, was a heart medicine. And then they found that it made you grow hair. And oh, yeah. Wow. All sorts of interesting things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, I'm loving all this. I have okay, no so idea why I went straight to Viagra. I don't know. But <laughs> you know what? Viagra and bubbles, two wonderful things. <laughs> and, yes. you know, to, I actually probably shouldn't have them together, but maybe. I don't know. It depends. Who knows? Yes. Anyway, tell anyway. us about the history. <laughs> so, uh, it was believed to have been invented or discovered or accidentally created, however you want to put that, by Benedictine monks in 1531. At least that's some of the earliest things I could find that were valid and verified. Um, and then along comes the famous Dom Perignon, um, who was a Benedictine monk as well. 
Um, and the thing with champagne, and this I thought was, I, I thought was just amazing, is it, it, it's under a lot of pressure inside the bottle. And so in the early days, they didn't, they, the, the, what Dom Perignon did basically was come up with these innovations, like a thicker glass bottle, uh -huh. the, the big corks, and, and that they're all tied on with the wires or rope or something like that. He came up with that, and that is all Genius. to, yes, to keep it because otherwise, if something went wrong, it would actually, the uh, bottle would explode. And no one the, wants that. Well, it sends the cork flying, explodes the bottle, which then explodes the bottle next to it and next to, next to it. And these entire wine cellars would just... Can you even imagine? <laughs> I'm like, that would be a nightmare. I probably shouldn't have laughed, but when I read about that, I laughed because I can just see corks flying oh, around yeah. and champagne just exploding. Well, can you and, imagine if someone was in there? Yeah. Oh, my... Well, it was. It was a very dangerous thing. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> You're putting your life on the line. <laughs> you were. You had to really, really yeah. want your champagne. So thank goodness that, or, for that harnessing. Yes, that was champagne at that point. So you really yeah. want... Yeah. So again, that's some of the different things that he actually did, which made champagne uh, a, a, a viable product a, for shipping and producing. And, and then also, um, uh, let's see. Oh, he kind of standardized some of the, the methods of making it which then kind of gave it its traditional flavor and made it a little bit more consistent, which then made it the ability to be more popular. So that's some of the history that I was able to find. And, and that's good old Dom Perignon, which is, or Dom Perignon, which is still around to this day. And, and yeah, that's it why. it sure is. And it's a well-respected one. I mean, people, you know, when you talk about a fancy champs, that's one that people talk about. Champs? Is that is that well, a cool term? Or are we, or is it now? It is now. Cool. Champs, yeah. people. That's right. Spread it. It's a thing. Yeah. So the whole process of making champagne is quite, it's quite an ordeal. And actually I went, I went to the champagne region. Oh, did you? I did. So I got to go Jealous. to, I, it's pretty awesome. And when you go to one of the champagne houses, you can't just do a tasting there. They take you and you have to take a tour. Oh really? Yeah. At least the ones that I went to. And I'm assuming it's all of them. And cause they're really proud of their process and they want to show you how it's done. Um, and by the way, when you do ultimately do the tasting, they actually give you a lot of oh, champagne. I like you a generous think, pour on a you taste. You would think <laughs> at these fancy places, they would give you just a tiny little taste. Oh no. Well, yeah, because some of that stuff's expensive. It's well, maybe expensive. that's it. They give you a big taste, so you're feeling a little good, so you're going to spend a little well, bit more. Well, <laughs> and we did. I mean, it was just, but it's amazing. And they take you through the process, and it's actually interesting. There are parts of it that you would, that are surprising. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk you through how champagne is made. Yes. Are you, are you ready for it? I am ready because I did some research as well and I was fascinated. Okay. I had no idea. So the first step is you have to pick the cuvee, which is the base wine for your champagne um, or your sparkling wine. Yes. And then there's the blending of it. And then there's a key to champagne that makes it different from other wines. And that's called the second fermentation. Um, yeah. So it basically goes through like the entire... It goes through the entire normal process, normal of, process a of a regular wine. Yes. But then... They have to do a second fermentation and they take the sugar, the yeast and the yeast nutrients are added and they're placed into a cool cellar and they're allowed to slowly ferment. And that's when carbon dioxide forms. And that's when those nice little bubbles. And that's why they think it was accidental because it would like they had some bottles that had start had fermented and stopped and then for some reason started again. Yeah. And created the bubbles. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. Um, so then they go through this aging process. The yeast cells die after several months, and then they consider the fermentation process to be done. And well, did you learn about Riddlers? Oh, I did. Oh, we're, I'm getting okay, there. Good, the good, Riddler is happening so now. Fun. Okay, first of all, <laughs> how 
How cool is that name? The, the Riddler. The Riddler. Right? It's an actual person. It's like Batman. Right? It's a process, <laughs> the riddling, and then there's a person called the Riddler. Like, do you want to talk about the Riddler? Oh, no, you can talk you about know. it. You know. Oh, I mean, can I tell you? Yeah, sure. Ooh, you, look so ex- you look so excited about well, it. I don't want to take that opportunity away from you. I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, you talk about it. Because all this sediment happens. When, yeah. as, as the yeast is doing its thing um, and it does, it work, does its work on the sugar and, and, and it kind of dies away and it forms like this sediment, like mm-hmm. really thick sediment. Um, and to get it so it all goes to the top of the bottle yeah. so that they can then get it out. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um they, they put the bottle so they're facing down, so bottoms up, basically. Or it's actually not straight down, but bottoms it's at an up. angle. Bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it's at an angle. And now they have machines and stuff that do this. But um, the good place. By the way, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, as you go. They're traditional. While he's talking, by the way, this gives me an opportunity to continue drinking. So Yeah, drink away. <laughs> you go, Mark. Um, so it has to be turned exactly one-eighth of a turn Every day or every other day, depending upon which place does it and, and their process. So they have these people and they just turn each bottle. And, and I read somewhere, I mean, they can do like, do, 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 do. I mean, they're using both hands and they're just, and they're just I like wish going you all could line. see Mark doing this right now. Oh, yeah, my I hands mean, are flying. No, you don't have the visual, but he is going wild with the hands turning the fake bottles that don't actually exist. I'm it's, riddling. He's riddling. <laughs> he is the riddler. I am the riddle. I just thought that was really cool. It's, so cool. it's such a like old school, like hands-on kind of a thing. And 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 my whole mind kind of gets blown myself. Because who thinks of that? I mean, it's like, okay, we've, we're going to do this. Oh, but we also need to turn the ball. And it needs to be an eighth of it. I mean, that's got to be, I mean, a process over time. But And then and then somebody comes in every day and does it. I just thought that was cool. I, I was so taken aback by your hand movements. Did you say how many bottles they did per day? I did not. Do you know? Do you oh, have that I do, back? I do. Okay, because I read it somewhere and I did not write they, that down. Between twenty thousand and thirty thousand bottles per day. I say I knew it was some like ridiculous <laughs> it's outrageous. number. Outrageous. I mean, can you imagine? First of all, I feel like I get a little dizzy. Yes. And because they're probably doing it really, really fast, kind of as per your demonstration well, for me. Yeah. If you could have seen, I was going fast. Yeah. I was probably doing fifty thousand bottles a day. I think. I feel like maybe. Um, did I miss my calling? You missed your calling. Yeah. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite steps besides the riddling is the next step, because this was probably the step besides the riddling that was the most surprising to me. It's called the disgorging, mm-hmm. the disgorging. They actually freeze the neck of the champagne bottle, um, and they freeze that sediment that's in that neck and they, um, those yeast cells and they, it's <laughs> all so gross. I know. It does. I know. Um, and then they disgorge it. They take out what's there. Um, so that you're left with just the clear champagne that's left in the bottle. Yeah. And then they cork it. And then they recork it. Oh, actually, sometimes they add a dosage of brandy or sugar to add some sweetness to it. And then and they cork it. And that makes it your brute or, yeah, your, or, or whatever your, level yeah, we all end your, up at. Yeah. <laughs> and then they cork it. And then, as you know, you have to you know wire it down so you don't have crazy corks flying everywhere. Fun fact on the corks. Yeah. I learned this. They are 50% bigger then they actually are when they're inserted. So they take this, it's actually bigger. They squeeze that thing down and force that in there because again, they've really, there's so much pressure in there. It's yeah. like, I don't know, it's like five or six times what is in a car tire or something like, I don't know, it's some ridiculous amount of pressure. And that's so that's insane. why they need the thick bottle. And that's why, you know, you, you pop it out of there. And I actually read somewhere, I'm gonna throw out another fun fact now just because I, I remember, I don't even have it written down anywhere. Something like one third of all deaths from that, Champagne cork popping out happen at weddings, which is like no. I shouldn't laugh. It's that kind of I mean, really tragic. 
<laughs> it is tragic, but I'm going to call it interesting. What a sucky way to die. That would be a horrible <laughs> way to go. Death by champagne cork. It really would be a horrible way to yes. go. But anyway, Memorable. so... <laughs> For those, not for the, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, so, moving along. So the bottle's corked. Yes. And now it's time to open it. How do you do it? Oh, yes. And and so, well, the first thing is, unless you're like at the Indy 500 or in the winning locker room of the World Series or the Stanley Cup or the um, Super Bowl or pick whatever event you want to do here, um, do not shake that bottle up really good, Jen. <laughs> Why? I mean, it's kind of like soda or uh-huh. beer or anything else. This is a carbonated beverage, and you shake it up, it's going to explode. Now, first of all, it's going to put a lot more pressure on the cork, right. so it's going to come out even more than it might otherwise. Number one, and number two, after the cork, that's I mean, you know, when they're going around, whoosh, you know, putting it all over everybody, it's because they're shaking that bottle up. It should not do that if you are gentle. Yeah, bottle be gentle. Be gentle. And if you have your bottle at the right temperature, which is 45 to 48 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. I did not translate that into Celsius, I'm sorry, um, pretty much the rest of the world, which is right and doing it right, <laughs> but we're sick with Celsius or Fahrenheit. Um, so if you're doing all that, that was that's going to help. So first thing, don't, you know, make sure it's the right temperature. Don't shake it up. Then you... Hold the cork with your palm to kind of keep it in place. And then you loosen that little wire cage that's on there and get that off. And then, so that way, if it's going to burst, you yeah. got your palm over it to kind of hold it in that's place and keep it from just shooting off. Then you hold the, the, the bottle at a 45 degree angle away <laughs> from people <laughs> or anything <Also> breakable <laughs> or anything you really don't want. Away this. from your wedding guests. Yes. Anything you don't want yeah. this cork going. Um, the record launch for a cork is 54 meters. That's half of a football field. That is wild. Right? I mean, there's that some is really far. power going here. And that's without power. shaking it. And that's, I'm assuming, well, maybe well, it is. Actually, they might have shaken yeah, it. I have it, no yeah. idea how they created the record. Yeah. I just they know had that's to have the record. It. There's no way. Just Yeah, so it's going to come out of there. So if yeah. you don't point it towards anything. And some people will put a towel over it, I too. always put a towel over okay. it because I'm way too scared of that cork flying out. Yeah, it will help keep the cork contained. And if you did accidentally shake it or whatever, it's going to at least contain some of that. So you can put a towel over. Then you don't just pull that cork out. You twist it, slowly twist it. Ideally, kind of holding the cork and more twisting the bottle um, is the best way to do it. And if you're doing that right... It should just kind of come out. And when it gets to that very that very end, you can kind of tell you're getting to the end. That's, uh, again, give it a good kind of a twist and, and be ready to kind of, like, go with the motion. And, again, I've got the hands going here, people. Um, <laughs> he really does. His riddler hands are going wild. I, no, not, I've done riddler. No, no, now no, I'm no, 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 no. Twi- they're still twisting. <laughs> well, because I'm taking it. I know. It's his riddler hands. Okay. So the riddler hands are Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's it. Or if you really, really, really want to do it different, you can utilize the sabrage method of opening it. And that is you basically take a sword and whack the top right off with the blunt end of the sword. Oh, do I have a story for you? Uh Uh-oh. I've done that method myself. No way. I, uh, I, I'm I actually, no yeah. I, thought, I, I'm I'm like, this I sounds so this. cool. Nobody ever does that. I actually I saved this. Known. I saved this for you because I was like, I'm not going to tell him because I bet he's going to talk about this <laughs> and I want to blow his mind. It's, it's so. already blown. So <laughs> I was in Paris with my friend, Melissa, and we took this wine and cheese class. And one of the wines was a sparkling. I believe it was a champagne. 
and the very good looking instructor. <laughs> oh, that's another story for another if you're time. Listening, um, Jen would he, like to talk to you. Um, said, you know, when we have the saber here, who would like to, you know, use it? Sabotage. To, yeah, yes, to, you know, open this oh, bottle. Oh, no, sabrage. And um, I don't know if I volunteered or if I was chosen. I believe I volunteered. I think he chose you, Jen. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but um, he showed me that you there's that thicker lip right under. Yes. And it's under the cork, and you just gently tap the oh, sword. Oh, it's a gentle tap? It's a gentle tap. Okay, <laughs> give it to me because I was just I know, like, so you the whole picture. Right, so you take the sword, and he's standing behind me, holding the sword with me, and he, you just... He goes, you just gently tap it, and it kind of just gives it that, I don't know, it helps it release the pressure, and lo and behold, the cork comes right out. And then he tells Interesting. us. Interesting. Okay, so then he says, you know, you can actually just do this with a credit card. Now, Melissa and I hear this, and we go, well, this is genius. Immediately, on our way home, buy a bottle of bubbles. Okay. Go to our hotel, bust out a credit card. We sat there. How did that work, Jeff? Did not work. It does not work. I don't know if any one of you have ever tried to open a bottle of bubbles with a credit card using the sabotage or whatever that, whatever you actually call it, method. And it is, if it has been successful, I would like to know. We tried for way too long, way too long, way longer than is it. It was so it, almost embarrassing. I like the persistence, though. We really tried, and then we just you know, had to open it the good old-fashioned way. Okay, well, I've learned more because when I read about it, in my head, I'm, again, imagining this big old swing no, of the sword. It was, just a, it was just a tap. I'm, I'm seeing them, like, I, in my head, they literally cut cleanly the top of the glass. Yeah. <laughs> and, but no, and you do need to be very careful with this because if you do this wrong, if you hit too hard, hit it the wrong way, do what I might have done, <laughs> just swing the sword. You can explode the bottle and glass will fly and everything else. So this is not recommended um, unless you really know what you're doing and spend some time and be safe and wear safety glasses and yeah. all the other good stuff. But, okay, that's cool. I am yeah. so happy you told me that because I know. that's it's a good story. You know, maybe I'll include the picture of me doing that in our blog. Is there a picture? I have a picture of it. Evidence. Yeah, there's photographic evidence of this. And my face is so, like, I'm so excited when it's happening. And I'll your try instructor to is in there or... What was he an instructor? He was our, yeah, he was our instructor. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll so see. if he recognizes himself and wants yeah. to give Jenna yeah, that call. We'll see. <laughs> um, so I do have some other really, I have some fun facts about champs. Okay, hold on. Uh, before we jump into fun facts, okay. I got a couple more. Okay, we got the bottle open. Oh, sorry, I totally jumped the gun. I got so excited about my story. No, no, yeah, yeah, I was going. excited too. I just like, uh, we, once we've got the, the, um, Bottle open so we can drink the champagne oh, yeah. or sparkling wine. Most importantly, um, yes, you got to. That's all. That's what it's all about. Um, first of all, I saw some fun things for little corks. You can bend the little metal thing and make like little chairs out of them, and I don't know whatever all sorts oh. of fun like little artsy crafty stuff, which I would that's cute never ever be able to do. But you look it up. I'm sure you could do it, Jen. Actually, I, you know, I guarantee you. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you wanted to use your champagne flute. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason you use the flutes is because it reduces the um, air surface uh, because like, again, soda, beer, or anything else, the less exposure it has, the longer it will maintain its bubbles oh. and keep it bubbly. Um, and so when you go to pour it, you want to pour it um, while tilting the glass at an angle and the wine at an angle. So basically you put the champagne bottle to the edge of the glass at an angle and so it just kind of rolls in there. You're not pouring or actually more like Filling it into the cup, something like that, so it runs down. So that's going to help keep some of the um, uh, 
bubbles, preserve the bubbles. And if you've got a good champagne, once that's done, you will see a colorette. Is, did you know? Did I say that I, right? I have no idea what that okay. is. It's C-O-L-L-E-R-E-T-T-E -E -E for people who actually know how to pronounce words. That sounds right um, to me. And the, those are bubble trains on the side. So you get the little trains of bubbles up and down oh, the yeah, side. Oh, yeah, I love those. That's a good champagne. A good champagne will do that. Um, and last but not least, little fun fact is for party fun, because I, I, I didn't think it was that much fun, but I still thought it was interesting. I want to do it at least once. Apparently, if you drop a raisin in a glass of champagne, it will go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Oh. Would so. it, I wonder if that would work in a bottle, you said? No, in a oh, glass. Oh, in a glass. In, in a glass, glass. yeah. Because huh. apparently, I, I don't know why, but the fermentation rises it, and then something makes it drop and then go again. So if you <laughs> you just happen to have a raisin in I your pocket. I have a raisin. Keep talking. And, uh, well, I, I don't have a whole lot more to say, but I guess uh, we're Well, gonna... okay, next time. Okay. Next try time. This, that's one you can try at okay, home. Okay, you try that at home. Do not sabrage. Do and I want someone else to try the credit card method. I want okay. someone to subraj with a credit card. Well, let's go to fun facts. Okay. So, I have some fun facts about how champagne is healthy for you, or all bubbles. Okay. Ready? Yes. First of all, it is known to improve your memory. Now, this experiment was done on rats. So, <laughs> they gave... Pretty close. Um, they actually gave rats some champagne. <laughs> Lucky rats. I know. And um, the rats that... The sober rats did not have quite the memory that the not so inebriated <laughs> rats had. So they are saying that champagne improves your memory. Um, it's also good for your heart. And part of that is because some of the same grapes that are used for red wine are used in champagne. So you get some of the same health benefits. Oh, okay. Which makes sense, actually. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, in this article that I read, the, fun, the most odd health benefit that I saw was that it gets you drunk quickly. I did hear that, and and it's the first glass has gets you drunker. The more glasses you pour, the less quickly it will get you drunk. Yeah, but uh, so is it a health benefit because then you won't drink as much? I think it's just a health benefit because then you're happier. Okay, so it's a lot of <laughs> I mental health because I saw Maybe my, mental health, like, yes. why is this a health benefit? But I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go with it. Well, it um, also has fewer calories than most it does. Have fewer calories. That's why you see all the supermodels with their champagne, right? Right, and me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, it improves your skin, but it seems like you actually have to put it on your skin for it to improve your skin, almost like a toner. Okay, I think I'll it just detoxifies it. it. Um, and then the other one was that it has fewer calories. Oh, so those are just my, you know, some fun little facts. Well, you know. I have a couple. Well, yeah. actually, just one fact. Marketing surveys have shown that concert goers of hip-hop concerts, so hip-hop concert goers, rap and rhythm and blues gigs, all the people who attend those are 94% more likely to drink champagne than the average person. So you like your hip hop and your rap, you may also like champagne. That is a surprising fact. That is very interesting. Yes. Huh. I wonder how they got this data. I have no idea. I mean, no this idea. is very interesting. It was a marketing survey. So, wow. or surveys as a. Um, huh. And the last fun thing to talk about is boat christenings. You always, oh, yeah. always break the champagne yeah, out yeah. there. So I wanted to look into that a little bit. There's a lot there with not a lot of substance, to be uh, honest. I mean, there's uh, not a there's a ton of history. Some of it, a lot of it's vague and different stories. But for the most part, they used to they believe anyway. Um, when a boat was originally put out, they would put water or some kind of liquid on it to like look for leaks and to give the ship its first 
taste of the water or whatever, you know, before it went out into the, the ocean or lake or wherever it, it, go, it got to go out into. Um, over time, uh, champagne became more the favorite, probably because of its celebratory nature. Right. Um, it does kind of explode pretty cool, too, when you it do does. it. It does. There's um, something so special about champagne and sparkling wines. It's just, there. it's just celebratory. It is. when yes. you, you know, I just, it's so, different than other wines. Yeah, other it makes sense. alcoholic beverages. Yeah, and it used to be a drink out of, like, a silver cup. And they would drink it, and then they'd throw the cup overboard. Oh, that's interesting. But then they started making a whole lot of boats, and they got, like, yeah. really expensive. So then I think they just started breaking the bottle. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot cheaper. It is cheaper. Yeah. It is. Cost-effective. Smart. Smart. Yeah. You know, and, and you're not wasting, well, I guess you are wasting champagne. But you're only wasting one bottle, and then you drink all the rest. Yeah, well, I wonder if they go for the good stuff when they do that. I would be sad if they did. <laughs> I would, too. Like, oh, just nope. give me a little. Yes. Oh, well, for a summary of everything you heard today, all these juicy tidbits about these bubbles, you guys can go to our blog at theunsophisticatedpalette.com. You can also contact us there for future topic ideas, if you have any questions, any input. Yeah, and make sure, of course, to subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you're getting our episodes every Thursday automatically downloaded. And if you get a chance, please go in and rate us. That helps us. I don't know. Makes helps us feel better about yeah, ourselves. I know it actually does make us feel good, and it does give us good rankings on the whole thing. It's not that we care about that because we're here for you. We are, and until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.